Good evening, everyone, and uh, thanks, Mr. Bolaria, for giving us an opportunity. Uh, so, Mr. Yogendra Singh Bolaria has been elevated to the board of directors of Honda Two Wheelers uh, recently. So, sir, congratulations for that. And uh, Mr. Bolaria has been, you know, heading uh, the sales and marketing for Honda and has spent almost 20 years in the company. Uh, sir, just to kickstart the uh, conversation, so the, you know, the first, uh, you know, question from my side is. So the two-wheeler industry uh, seems to be in a flux uh, since last couple of years. Earlier it was increase in insurance and APS and CPS. Now along with COVID, we also see VSX price increase coming through. So in this backdrop, sir, what is your expectation for the two-wheeler industry growth uh, for FI 21, 22? Uh, first, uh, thank you, Aditya, uh, for your wishes, and then. Uh, Regarding the two-wheeler industry and coming to the point, uh, it is uh, well known that we were having a rough patch uh, uh, for more than now 17-18 months now. And this is this has been uh, based on a couple of factors which came just after one after another. And uh, we were basically facing not only headwinds, I would say very strong headwinds uh, on account of regulation. Uh, the new homologation norms for the industry. Uh, you just mentioned ABS, EBS, and then the BSX. And before that, also a big impact came in the form of the price increase because of the premium of uh, the insurance going up because the third party becoming compulsory to buy at the time of the purchase itself from 1st of uh, September 2018. So, all these factors. Uh, basically slowed down that growth the industry was seeing earlier. Having said that, they are, you know, the attributes, the fundamental attributes of the industry as far as the Indian tubular market is concerned. We have a significant lower penetration even in the two, uh, even for two wheelers uh, compared to the uh, per household uh, if we compare our industry with other ASEAN countries. So, long term, it has a big potential to grow further. It was close to 2 million in any case, uh, you know, a couple of uh, years back, or almost two years back or so. Uh, we came down to uh, uh, from 20 million size to, let's say, 16 million or so. So, one is that it has uh, a big potential to cover, uh, cover up this uh, drop which has happened to at least come up to the initial level of those uh, numbers which we are earlier seeing. So, it is not something which this industry has not seen, the 20 million mark, the annual sales number. So, it is very much achievable. Uh, however, uh, this uh, new BS6 norm which was uh, already announced a year back, uh, we were having this forecast, uh, not, not only Honda alone, but even the other players in the industry, including Society of Indian Automobile Manufacturer and various others, uh, and analytics or analysis which are available in the market that this year was expected to see uh, a negative growth as well on account of the new price points the industry has to see and the customer has to pay additional for the BS purchase uh, starting 1st of April 2020 uh, compared to the BS4. Anywhere between 10 to 15 percent additional uh, was expected to be paid by the customer for the BS6 vehicles. Uh, unfortunately, we did not see that happening from 1st of April because of the COVID lockdown and uh, only once the graded uh, unlocking started happening from uh, May 4th onwards, 
after the unlocked uh, after the lockdown uh, 2.0 the lockdown 3 which started from 4th of may the sum of the economic economic activity was allowed to start in the defined red orange green zone etc by the government slowly the dealership started opening up and uh, uh, it basically beat the initial estimates of the industry in may itself uh, we are yet to see the pre lockdown numbers we are still far away as an industry and since practically we have lost out on the first quarter uh, that is 3 months out of the 12 months of fy21 it is uh, very difficult for the industry to recover on the entire number because we are yet to see the real customer coming in because this is maybe you can say it is a pent up demand and there were many who wanted to purchase but could not purchase because of this lockdown and now they are coming in the market for their much needed uh, intention to purchase earlier before the lockdown so long term how much it is going to stay uh, as we are yet to see the impact of uh, the lockdown the real impact in terms of a uh, lot of employment being lost and uh, uh there are jobs which have been lost the recovery of economy is also still slow urban yet to see real estate many uh, things have yet to be done so many gray gray areas still remain so uh, to summarize we we believe that this fy21 will still be having the uh, high double digit degrowth for the industry but long term yes we have a recovery coming in in the long term for the industry because the fundamental support for more adoption uh, more adoption of two wheelers for the daily commuting needs uh, that is what uh, makes uh, two wheel industry in india um, uh, very promising in uh, after one year or so yeah uh, thank you for the detailed explanation uh, sir still you know there is a little bit of uncertainty uh, but you know sir considering now there is a you know period of about you know two to three weeks or almost a month in some areas where showrooms have been uh, open uh, what is the recent trend you are observing in the sense uh, is there a peculiar customer behavior that you are catching in terms of preferences are there areas which are relatively better off than compared to others what are the initial uh, sense you are getting fortunately uh, we had a lot of inquiry database uh, before lockdown and uh, once the dealership started opening we did a dikhit and it is not some sample of 500 800 or 1000 customers uh, i can probably say and with conviction i can say we have done more than 30000 customers and intenders uh, as well as those who purchased in the month of may and mid of and by middle of june and what are those uh, findings of uh, this survey uh, i would like to share both in the sales area as well as in the after sales area first regarding the sales area when we uh, started following it up with the the customers in the month of may once our network started opening up with the intenders before the lockdown there were 45% of them who wanted to make a purchase within one month of the lockdown op- being opened in their respective towns so that was giving us a condition that there are customers who are still willing to buy and on a short notice and the good part was as as high as 70 to 75% were willing to purchase within 3 months of the lockdown being opened 
the similar kind of district uh, when we did in middle of june this uh, percentage of within one month buyers have already gone up by 10% 55% of the inquiries uh, and the intenders will be purchasing within one month of the lockdown opening up in their uh, respective town and more than 80% within three months so that is uh, now in fact it is more than 85% so that has given us a lot of conviction and we are seeing it, uh, seeing it also in the retail sales momentum picking up at our network those who are opening and within a short period of time the momentum is coming in good so that's the first thing about uh, the intention of those who want to purchase uh was there any change in terms of their buying behavior or pattern let's say between retail finance purchase and the cash purchase uh because of the liquidity crunch and all we did not find any significant change in the percentage of people who were buying their favorite two wheeler on retail finance so pre pre lockdown it used to be around for the industry 43 44% and now uh, in the after the lockdown has been opened uh, in unlock 1.0 period we are seeing it is 45% so there is no change uh, much change which has been observed in those who are purchasing on retail finance however the pattern of the finance scene has changed because of here there is a connection and we could connect the dots and more people are chasing not the rate of interest but the low down payment because they have less disposable uh, or cash uh, on their hand to give it uh, across the table at point of purchase so they are looking for the financing which are low down payment where the initial money also from the customer side is low so that is the change in the preference and buying behavior is what we have observed in the retail sales environment and now uh, another part is when we have said who actually is buying even in this challenging time uh, quite a few of them are the ones uh, who have already inquired uh, uh, before the lockdown so they are making the purchase that is a direct correlation with the, the intenders who wanted to purchase within one month of the lockdown opening up more than 50% or so so that we are able to establish that uh, link second is there is a new customer which has come in uh, because uh, of the uh, fear factor of using a public transport infrastructure as they are not very sure or confident on the hygiene and the social distancing being maintained while using a public transport infrastructure whether it is the city bus or the metro or even the shared cab etc so they are the one who have moved in as a new buyer for us as something who are looking as a replacement for the commuting need a personal vehicle for uh, transportation so this is as high as 30% plus so that's a very very uh, significant uh, new comer in the uh, whole pie chart of our uh, customer so that's something which we are seeing and there is also a rise in the first time buyer so that also has uh, some link with the people who would like to prefer their their personal transportation as their own self owned vehicle rather than looking for a public transport infrastructure and, uh, and yes another trend is uh, people are asking the customers are asking for their ticket for digit from the makers or the dealers so we were able to uh, 
uh, upgrade the digital capabilities of all our dealers and more than 80% of our dealers are providing the contactless engagement to the customer, whether it is in terms of searching, uh, through search engine optimization or providing the Facebook, Instagram and other platforms, social media. That's also engaging them on social media through chatbot and all, uh, WhatsApp chatbot, that is also there. So e-brochures are going to them, uh, e-quotations are going to the customer. So more than 80% of the dealers, irrespective of whether they are in tier 2 or tier 3 town, uh, they have uh, updated their digital capabilities and engaged with this customer. So there is a very quick adaptation of our network to the, uh, not only physical, but physical plus digital, which everybody now is having a new nomenclature they are call, calling is physical kind of connection and engagement with the customer. So that is also happening. So these are the things uh, which we are clearly seeing in the sales area. Uh, there is a new trend also in the after sales area which held our workshop to quickly uh, ramp up and start getting business. There are many who are the unique customers coming to the workshop and how do we define the unique customers in the tool industry as the ones who have not visited the dealership for any kind of service in the after-sales area for last one year or 12 months or so. So why are they coming to the dealership? Because they see the kind of hygiene measures and the guidelines which are being followed, uh, followed at the authorized network is far more reassuring for them to visit an authorized network than to go out and get their vehicle service in some unauthorized private workshop outside. Even though there may be a difference in rate in terms of the service of labor charges, but they are getting reassured to come to the after sales of the authorized network. So this is also something you know in the after sales area. And sir, similarly, you know, in terms of the segment, are you seeing more traction in a specific segment, you know, whether it is scooters or say commuter or 125cc motorcycles and is the response to the premium bikes relatively lower or higher? Any any comment on this, sir? I I was reading in the, you know some news where some trends were mentioned and all. However, when we dip into uh, the Honda database of whatever we have sold so far and compare it before the lockdown period, uh, despite we were not having a hundred fifty motorcycles to begin in the BSX, which we recently launched, uh, even without that we could observe. There has not been a significant shift in the contribution coming from scooter and motorcycle. So, we are not seeing any big shift happening between these two segments if we have to categorize them as motorcycle and scooter. And within scooters also, whether it is, you know, high-end scooter or low-end scooter, we are not seeing, you know, any, any significant change in mood or in change in buying pattern, uh, which is, uh, specific to a particular uh, segment uh, or a particular model. So, more or less, for us, it remains the same. Yeah. And, uh, sir, so one final question with regard to your segmentation is, uh, how different are the, you know, uh, kind of growth rates in urban areas and rural areas as we speak? Uh, again, uh, there has been a lot of announcements, a lot of... Uh, uh, talk about the mood of rural versus the mood of urban. So whether it is really reflecting in the purchasing pattern and the buying behavior, uh, I think it is too early to really comment on that. We haven't seen it, um, but yes, this question is kind of coming in that uh, agrarian economy is the one which is going to consume more or they are consuming, started consuming more. Uh, let us be very clear, there has been a shift in the marriage season 
and there are a lot of marriages which did not happen, which was actually were to happen in April, May, and it was a lockdown period which happened now in uh, May, middle or June, early. So it is more to do with the seasonality rather than any trend related to rural versus urban demand. So it is very seasonal. So let us not, uh, it is uh, conclude something as a shifting demand pattern between rural and urban because uh, urban has yet to have the full economic activity, uh, something like that. So that is our take on this rural versus urban. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, since your commentary on overall inquiry seems quite upbeat, uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, there are, uh, you know, manufacturing facilities are not up to, up to the most. Uh, so, uh, what is your experience in production ramp up? At what level you guys are operating? And are you sensing that there could be an issue with regard to production uh, in fulfilling customer demand in the next two to three months? So far, what do we see? Uh, because the demand still have not reached through the pre-lockdown uh, level and the ramp, the way the ramp up has started happening in our production. We have done it in a stepwise manner, starting with one factory and then in the first week of June, uh, we have now started uh, operation in all of our factories and then with one shift and then coming down to the second shift. You are absolutely right. There are still a lot of challenges to maintain that supply chain because of the issue related to the migrant labor. This is a fact. And second is also about the logistic partner in this whole supply chain for movement of goods. So these will remain the challenges and we need to be very cautious on their uh, uh, contribution uh, and readiness in terms of wrapping up the production. So we are going in a very stepwise manner so that it is sustainable because otherwise it is highly uneconomical and inefficient to start something uh, or attempt something full which cannot be sustained. Because the issues are there, we cannot ignore by closing our eyes that there is no issue in terms of maintaining or sustaining the uh, supply chain infrastructure to a higher demand. So far, for June, we are able to meet with the uh, current ramp up which we have done. But yes, moving forward, uh, in month of July and then coming to August when we start preparing for the upcoming festival, October-November festival, we do see there would, are going to be some challenges in terms of uh, ramping up or coming down to the 100% level or so. Uh, so, but we are, and, uh, so we have already started sharing with the supply chain partners about the plan, uh, but Long term for anyone to uh, talk about the long term forecast for next three to four months is very difficult because the COVID cases are increasing. India has not still reached the peak of the COVID crisis in terms of the number of positive cases and as most of the states have started increasing the tests, the positive results are also uh, increasing. The last three days average of India itself is 15,000 uh, per day COVID-19 positive cases which are coming. And you know uh, the crisis which Maharashtra, Delhi and Tamil Nadu and Gujarat, the top four states are facing. So, uh, we need to be uh, keeping that thing in mind. That if there is, even uh, from, if I have to be positive uh, and uh, with that mindset we see, there is, there is going to be a surge in demand. The supply chain will definitely face difficulties if there is a sudden surge in demand to meet that demand on account of the migrant labor issue and sustaining the supply chain uh, and the infrastructure because there are many factories reporting many COVID-19 positive cases and then the local administration doing a clampdown 
even to tier 2 tier 3 suppliers are having such issues uh, tamil nadu as we already know in chennai they already been announced from 19th to 30th of uh, this month there is already a lockdown and 100% lockdown some uh, factories did get some special permission to work or uh, by having their manpower staying in the plant is still not moving out such kind of measures being taken but are they sustainable so this remains a grey area yeah yeah uh, sir, uh, since you know, most of the Asian countries uh, seem to be ahead uh, of India in terms of the COVID curve, so can you share your experience, uh, you know, with Honda in other Asian countries? Uh, so, does that experience, you know, uh, provide there is a light at the end of the tunnel, or there could be a stress which can continue for a little bit longer? Uh, any experience from other Asian countries of Honda that you can share? As a global perspective and uh, being in Honda, uh, we do have this information sharing. Uh, definitely there is a, a light at end of the tunnel and definitely this light which is coming from the end of the tunnel is not because of the incoming train. Right? So, let us be assured it is not from the incoming train. Uh, it is uh, showing those trends which uh, are there in other countries as well that the public transport infrastructure, there is a propensity of the buyers to have their own personal mode of transport rather than depending on the public transport infrastructure. At the same time, there is in and out which is happening because there are many people who are working from home. The mobility need itself has gone down, but there are people who are moving from the public transport infrastructure to the personal mode of transport. So, this in and out, where it is finally going to balance out, uh, so it's difficult to judge of now, as of now, but it's not that uh, things are not uh, promising. In the long term and in other Asian countries, uh, we are saying uh, this is one common uh, underlying uh, factor is the people have a propensity now to move away from the public transport infrastructure to the private mode and personal mode of transport. And since uh, two-wheelers are the most affordable personal mode of transport, there is high propensity of people buying a two-wheeler. Okay, okay. Uh, sir, you know, um, two-wheeler industry, you know, by and large, uh, there has been a, uh, you know, pricing discipline, you know, historically. Uh, but since the last, you know, couple of years were challenging and we are, you know, we are expecting a gradual recovery in the overall two-wheeler industry. Well, do you expect that there could be a significant increase in the counting level uh, overall in the two-wheeler industry? In terms of uh, unexpected uh, pressure on the company. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but your voice is breaking up a bit. Okay. Is it okay now? Yes, it is better. Okay, what I am saying is that um, uh, it is quite evident because of the current pandemic that everybody is having stress uh, on the bottom line, whether it is your dealers, your supply chain partners, the OEMs themselves. So, to gain any short term will only add up to the further stress on the bottom line. Rather, uh, we see that in fact, they are still, uh, the BSX uh, price point which we see in the market still, the 100% cost has still not been passed on to the market. That is what is our understanding of the 
price point, new price point, because everybody wanted to give it in a graded manner and we are able to see. Maybe you would also observe the prices of BS6 which were there before the lockdown and now what was there in the month of May and recently some increase have also happened in June and so. It means uh, it is no more any OEM is able to absorb that cost which has gone into development of the new BSX uh, product and new technology. Uh, it is time now it will be slowly passed on to the market. So, to see that it will be a long-drawn kind of discount war and all, this is less on our probability date. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, since, you know, most of our competitors uh, have a capital financing arm, uh, you know, do you think that, uh, you know, Honda is at a disadvantage, and, you know, especially when we're talking about the liquidity constraint for NDFC? Uh, here I have only one point since we uh, have our own MIS based on what is our penetration and what is the industry average. Uh, we are able to match this industry average because last couple of years we have been uh, engaging new tires and new finance, uh, retail finance partners uh, with Honda. And uh, most of those partners do know that the Honda buyers are a little different from others. Uh, you know, uh, brands, and we they have seen there is a uh, less uh, defaults which happen uh, by the Honda customers. Our uh, delinquency is very low, uh, around two percent or so, than the industry five percent or so. So they are more than willing to uh, finance Honda two wheelers uh, as a preferred partner. So that is what we have seen, and we have increase the number of these partnerships which has helped us in this difficult time as well to maintain our percentage penetration close to the industry average. Second, uh, on a lighter vein, I would say uh, if others have their own capital finance and we are maybe the only left out, then we are the most eligible bachelor for the other uh, finance partners to have this tire. Okay. Well, that's the perspective. Uh, so, in this, uh, you know, uh, uh, any, you know, peculiarity you're observing in terms of, uh, you know, people postponing, uh, uh, you know, their purchase decision in the sense that people who had booked their vehicle before or were in the process, are there some portion of customers who are actually, you know, trying to defer a purchase in more than three to six months? I, you know, know that your initial remarks are quite optimistic, but are you seeing some set of people who are, you know, postponing their purchase decision? Uh, in fact, we saw it coming down. As I just shared you the perspective when we checked with the, in the month of May, there were 20% who were uh, not very sure or who have really cancelled uh, the purchase decision itself. And it was not on their priority list. Uh, while when we moved into June month, it's 15% who would not like to go ahead. Uh, but they inquired, but they don't want now. In fact, it is, it is reduced by 5%. So, uh, moving forward, how it is going to uh, be there uh, because of the COVID cases uh, again going high. So, those things we need to continuously watch uh, in the market uh, because uh, or something like that what happened in Chennai that 19 days lockdown has happened, 12 days lockdown happened. So, we need to be, uh, you know, moving ahead cautiously by having uh, wait and watch at every step. One is on what is the purchase behavior of uh, existing scooter owners when they 
परचेज ए न्यू टू व्हीलर टू दे इन कोपर ए प्रीमियम स्कूटर और टू दे टेन टू बाय ए प्रीमियम मोटर साइकिल फर्स्ट क्वेश्चन सेकेंड क्वेश्चन इज Honda, I think, had uh, aggressive plans for premium motorcycles from after PS6 transition. Could you give an idea of uh, what is the plan right now? Has it been delayed because of COVID? Thanks. Yeah. So, uh, uh, thank you for your question. Uh, regarding your first question, uh, that what is the typical behavior of a two-wheeler uh, scooter buyer, basically? So, uh, what we see, there is a lot of additional purchase uh, in scooters. They already have either a two-wheeler in their family. it can be a motorcycle or a scooter but once they have a scooter and the we are saying that there are both type of customer who go for the next generation of the similar displacement engine or they upgrade to uh, the higher displacement scooter so both are visible but having the similar displacement is still larger uh, compared to upgrading to the higher cc the upgrading to the higher cc does happen by the first time buyers uh, which is uh, evident that over the Uh, years the 125 cc has grown in the market however honda being the leader in the automotive scooter and having you know two models in each of 110 cc as well as 125 cc uh, we see and be, uh, very confident that by and large the 110 cc displacement is what can, is the best fit in any family in terms of meeting their commuting need as well as loading and all and being a unisex product the advantage of scooter always we have seen that wherever a family cannot afford multiple two wheelers and they have more mobility need uh, for a female or a senior citizen as well as uh, the uh, middle aged man in the house they go for a scooter there because being a unisex appeal it can be used by each member of the family so basically it is a family uh, two wheeler in in the one family uh, without having uh, the multiple needs uh, to purchase uh, two or three uh, uh, two wheelers in the family one vehicle itself can suffice only second uh, question is regarding uh, the premium bike uh, segment uh, yes we announced last year that we would be having a exclusive network to take care of our uh, premium bike segment and we are very much on plan and on schedule uh, there is a slight delay in the schedule because of this lockdown but uh, we are internally working out to minimize this delay Uh, and uh, we will be going ahead with that plan having exclusive uh, uh, premium service as well as sales outlets uh, which, and we have also within the organization also we have a, a, a different organization which has been built up who do not uh, have anything to do with our mass segment business they will be taking care of all the marketing needs the new model development needs the launch as well as taking care of the dealer network which remains exclusive for the premium by business We are going ahead with the plan. Yeah, uh, sir. I had a few questions. The first one being, uh, you know, you alluded in your uh, comment that uh, uh, the supply chain may be sort of uh, not yet fully up to uh, normal levels, and uh, there is some challenges towards uh, building up the production. So, in your uh, view, how? Uh, how much is that a probability that this may have an impact on our festive season for this year? Um, and then, in your uh, estimate that there may be a high high double digit decline for the industry, uh, does this uh, build in a possibility that the festive may be missed because of supply chain issues? Uh, thank you for your question. Uh, I think uh, festival is still a uh, little away. Uh, everybody has lot of. Uh, uh, positive positivity towards the festival coming in 
Uh, however, we also know that this period is also going to be the peak period for the COVID uh, cases in, in the country. Uh, as for the ICMR study, it says the mid of November and that's the time when we have Diwali. So, uh, considering from that, you know, from that point of view, it is very important that we keep on watching month on month how every month progresses, which will give us the condition of sustaining or even asking for a, you know, next ramp up in uh, the supply chain and as well as our production capabilities. So, it has to be on the rolling basis because the demand is going to be very fluid. If there is nothing concrete, we cannot fix everything. Uh, you rightly mentioned that there are a lot of uncertainties in the market and in the demand pattern. So, but we, we are keeping our fingers crossed. Uh, we need to build up slowly and steadily on the ramp up, ramping up of our production facility. Uh, whether we will be able to sustain uh, because of the COVID crisis, because it's something related to health and the life of a human being rather than only business. So that has to be, uh, we can, that cannot be ignored in any case. Right. Right. So, sir, is it fair to assume that, uh, you know, typically uh, one would build up the capacity for the festive season by dispatching more than the retails to the dealers, uh, uh, somewhere you want to cater to the November or October festive demand starting from the Navratras. So, this time uh, that the dealer inventory may not start before August or September is how uh, uh, OEMs may think about it or uh, it may still uh, be the regular? Uh, this uh, depends on uh, individual OEM's own strategy, I would uh, say. Uh, so, uh, as far as we are concerned, uh, we are moving in a direction where we would like to keep a reasonable inventory rather than increasing like any normal because this is not a normal year. So, we, if we are approaching it in a similar kind of strategy, uh, it is uh, difficult to really assess because this is something which nobody has seen. So, we we are going in a very uh, measured way. Now, already in within this month also, our inventory is now less than one month at our dealership, the way we have done because we do not want to stress them on their liquidity and cash flow. So, we within one and a half month of our start of operation and dealership opening up, we have been able to bring them at a very, very comfortable level where they are asking for more for more of the vehicle. But we would like to sustain more on, you know, keeping demand as well as supply closer to each other rather than having an anticipatory built-up of inventory uh, with lot of uncertainties around. So, we would like to keep uh, fair and optimum inventory rather than playing on, uh, you know, uh, forecast of, okay, there is going to happen something very, very positive in the future. Understood, understood. Uh, that is very helpful. So, the second question that I have is on your forecast for the industry. Uh, on the expected double-digit decline for the industry, would you expect that uh, uh, while is broadly similar to pre-COVID, do you expect, uh, you know, the scooters as an industry to perform relatively weaker or how do you see, uh, you know, the uh, demand across motorcycles and scooters standing out this year? Uh, so far, as I mentioned, that uh, in our portfolio, it almost remains the same, 67% scooter and the rest is coming from motorcycles. It has not changed. Uh, it is only right now from 4th May till 23rd of uh, 24th of May when we are, I am speaking to you. So, it is only one and a half month uh, or less than that. Uh, so, whether it is a trend or not, um, we cannot say for sure. 
but it has not been significant change for us in terms of cooper or motorcycle uh, demand understood understood and just the last question i have is on diesel margins there has been quite you will cry around uh, that in terms of uh, need of dealers to uh, for the oems to enhance that uh, and there seems to be some uh, you know wide range across various oems what's your sense uh, for smsi or for the overall oems uh, for all the oems do you think that this is a real possibility that there may be a need to increase dealer margins this year Uh, any uh, roi for the dealership cannot be simply measured from what is obvious or visible in terms of the dealer margin every uh, uh, oem may have a different uh, you know structure for the overall profitability uh, it includes your after sales area the spare parts area the labor rate uh, the terms and condition of supply uh, and there are many other performance like incentives so, these are not the one which are visible to the outside world so it is hmm. whether it is fair unfair to evaluate uh, that current percentages are right or wrong i think it is very difficult because even the terms and condition of uh, getting the vehicle is also different for example in honda there is no credit we only have cash and carry in our system so some has credit and then some other uh, thing so it it has to be seen as a total package rather than only and only on the dealer margin so there are many other things regarding the dealer quality parameters the quality cost and delivery parameters uh, based on which certain incentives are also given so is that is the way we look at the total business not only the dealer margin and now as i shared with you how you reduce the inventory cost inventory carrying cost of the dealership hmm. so that is another another way and how you are negotiating with the banker and the finally what is the uh, you know working capital interest they are paying for the inventory purchase which we call the inventory funding so that is also a cost to the dealer so this is a total package we need to see and we know there there are going to be new normal new stress so we are working along with the dealers to see where the possibility to cut that extra class the first thing is we need to uh, introspect ourselves and find those weak things which can be easily improved because only such kind of crisis brings about that introspection otherwise everything is good the lot of that extra flag is also considered as healthy and uh, regarded uh, something as the prosperity but in this kind of crisis this is the extra flag which must be cut and um you mentioned that uh, the oil is perhaps have not fully passed on the Full BSX cost uh, in, in, in product price uh, this year, maybe because of the challenging demand conditions. Uh, what makes you say this? Uh, I, I'll just repeat my reply. Uh, this is regarding the. You said what made you say so or so. I, I simply want to tell you. You can pick up any OEM, any of the product which are launched, let's say three or six months back, and what, at what price it was launched and what is the current price. so that is a clear evidence that this cost is being passed on and the development cost which has gone into those bsx has not been fully passed on to the customer uh, for sure you rightly mentioned because we all as the industry were facing the headwind and uh, there was hardly any scope uh, to revise the demand if the price point has suddenly gone to 18 20% or to 25% we don't know based on the development uh, of the particular model how far the total change has happened so that 
maker to maker, somebody has only changed the product into the BSX compliant without any change in the outlook or any other feature. Some have a change in the outform and no change the feature. Some have change in the total form and look and design as well as new additional features. So based on this package so, and the existing prices, the positioning has been done. But that positioning is clearly moving. It is like uh, in three, four months, it has clearly moved and shifted in the pattern. So that is what makes me to say and comment that yes, it looks like you know there is going to be uh, slowly pass on and currently since the COVID taxes have already stressed uh, all the OEM, uh, there is now no scope uh, available to uh, continue to absorb that cost. Specifically, well, sir, has the XMSI, you know, fully passed on the uh, BS6 cost? I, I cannot comment on this, sir. I can just take a very sorry. I understand. Uh, I have a few questions on the normal term trend. Uh, so you, uh, in your view, what will be the mix of this, uh, the overall industry demand? What will be the mix between the replacement demand and uh, the first time uh, purchasers? We, uh, last, uh, our own internal surveys do uh, tell that more or less, in last two, three years, it was stable around 65, 71. There were a lot of uh, first-time buyers which were happening, which were there in the market. And uh, only in the last one and a half months, we see there is a change that the first-time buyers have increased. So, by 5% or so, and it is slowly shifted. Whether it is going to stay, not going to stay, only in, uh, in the long-term uh, average, we can work it out. But as a trend, it is not going to be down in terms of the first-time buyer. So, and that is also true, um, same for the fact that we still have very low penetration of two-wheelers in the household and no more the public want to continue, at least for the short-term uh, period, uh, as long as the COVID is around because of the social distancing, uh, they would like prefer, uh, would like to prefer their own uh, two-wheeler and personal vehicle for daily commuting needs. So, so pre-COVID, you said 65% was the um, first-time buyers? Yeah, sorry. I, I think it was, yes, 65 to 70% before the COVID, and uh, now we are seeing a slight 5% additional in the first-time buyers, and that looks like a propensity of the people to move from the public transport to the personal vehicle way of commuting. Okay. And while you are quite uh, confident about the longer term demand prospects, uh, but one looks at the household penetration of two-wheeler ownership, at least let's say in the in relatively more uh, affluent states, south and west, it's almost uh, reaching 100% penetration. Uh, what makes you think that uh, the demand, let's say the demand for the next 10 years is more likely to be either equal to or better than the last 10-year demand? Yeah, um, very clearly um, when we see one is the ownership period of the two-wheeler has reduced drastically. Maybe 10 years back it used to be 7 years or 8 years for the replacement of any two-wheeler by the owner. Today we are seeing it is happening between 4 to 5 years. So not only it is going to increase the new vehicle demand, but also these vehicles coming into the market 
uh, as a pre-owned demand who, who cannot afford, um, uh, you know, uh, entry at a higher price point, they can go for a pre-owned vehicle. So we are seeing in our own pre-owned business also this fraction has uh, becoming positive uh, uh, year on year. So that is also visible. But definitely the ownership period uh, getting reduced, so will also increase the demand. Uh, second point is more working uh, female uh, coming into the society requires their individual mobility needs, which is safe, sound, convenient uh, and, uh, for their mode of uh, convenience. Especially in the education area and the health sector, more uh, women are coming in. Thirdly, hello. Yes, sir. Third, the third point is uh, regarding. Uh, as you already know, uh, the government center has already uh, been sharing the data of uh, daily road construction, motorable roads. So that is uh, now they are promising more than 35 kilometers per day. Uh, the car road is going to be constructed. That means the last mile connectivity will also improve and uh, more roads, dusty roads are going to be converted into motorable roads. That also brings in the acceptability of two-wheelers. Uh, into the last mile. So that will also increase the penetration. And especially for the uh, scooter model, because earlier there is a disadvantage in terms of the wheel size compared to the motorcycle wheel, which is bigger and it can go on the, you know, the pits and the dusty road easily compared to a scooter. But more motorable road, more tar road make scooters equally competent in terms of performance of the motorcycle to get accepted in the uh, rural area also. And now, now, there is no social stigma of the women also riding a scooter in the rural area. That is also a big plus point for acceptability of scooters in the rural area in uh, times to come. Uh, thanks a lot, sir, for giving us the time. It was a very insightful discussion, sir. And thanks, everyone, for joining in.